So our whole focus, just for these six weeks, is just to, just as was talking, we were talking this morning, to awaken a rhythm that we can continue to perpetuate and sustain as a lifestyle. Not a discipleship program that's all, you know, focused a lot, all in a small amount of time, and then it's over, but just a time where I want to, my focus, just as it was this morning, to help equip you to more effectively pray, uh, my focus right now is to help you to more effectively study the Scripture. It's interesting, the foundation of our nation uh, and the basis of Christianity, and I'm not going to get into all that today, but I, in my studies and research, it's been phenomenal to learn that in the origin of Harvard, in the origin of Yale, you're probably surprised to learn, if you've not heard this before, they were distinctly Christian. In fact, uh, Princeton's founding statement is, cursed is all learning that's contrary to the cross of Jesus Christ. It's pretty bizarre, isn't it? Like, that's the founding statement. But all universities uh, were distinctly Christian in the origin, the beginning of our nation. And if you wanted to learn about prayer, then you knew you went to Yale. Because that was their focus. And all the students would actually meet uh, congregationally for corporate prayer morning and evening as a part of just studies at Yale. If you wanted to learn the scripture, then you would go to Harvard because they were more focused on memorizing, studying, and reading the scripture. I'm saying all that to say it's a really healthy balance to learn to love prayer and to learn to love the word. So this morning at 6... We figured out a really important element that Jesus said, when you pray, say. So we want to say. Let's stand together and let's use our voices. I want you to use your voice and let's invite God to speak to us through his word. Just you begin to call out and cry out to your God, inviting with your hunger. Lord, we receive in this room an awakening of our hearts, an awakening of our minds, an awakening of our lives. We are hungry for more. Lord, we want to know what it is to experience the nourishment of your word and the nourishment of the spirit quickening us, causing us to become more of who you have called us to be, who you've anointed us to be. I pray, Father, that we would be true to exploring the Word of God. And when our mind tries to wrestle against our anointing, I pray, Father, that our anointing would win every single time in the mighty name of Jesus. When our mind is saying, don't step out in a place of faith, I pray that our anointing would drive us out, Lord, into those places. We know that the fruit is not discovered on the ground or at the trunk of the tree. Fruit is on the limb. So take us out on the limb to where great fruitfulness, Lord, will be discovered and the kingdom of God will expand as a result. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Okay. So I want to just, I'm going to be really intense with you because we've got 30 minutes and I'll be true to that. But I want to remind you this emphasis during these six weeks. It is really important that we really devote ourselves to Tuesday morning prayer, six o'clock. Thanks for being there this morning. It was really a great morning of pressing in. There were 60 people who showed up for prayer this morning. It was great just to see that crew, that hunger, that passion, that pursuit. Let me encourage you. Let this become a lifestyle. Don't just do it for six weeks. But really, honestly, it, if Jesus is, I posted this on my social media side pick from the congregation. But if Jesus is the only one making sacrifices for your relationship with God, then it's really lopsided, isn't it? 
And so we kind of tend to do that. We kind of serve God in a way that's convenient and not sacrificial. And we need to learn the sacrificial nature of Christ in the way we pursue God, love God, and the way we pursue helping others, love others. That's the kingdom right there. Love God, love others. And we should do those two things sacrificially. I know it's sacrificial to get up and come here uh, early in the morning like that. But you, you do realize that's just a part of our pursuit, discovering where those elements are that God wants to call us to. And um, I've been leading morning prayer here since nobody was coming years ago, uh, just because it's been something that was ingrained in me. When I first became a Christian, they said, uh, you're a Christian. You go to morning prayer. It starts at 6. And I was just like, okay, well, that must be what Christians do. So I went, and I've never stopped. I've always done that. Uh, even when we lived in Norman, Tracy was in law school. Uh, we started attending a church there, and I just asked the pastor, is it possible I can come in? I'd be willing to clean the bathrooms if you would just give me access to your building so I could come and pray in the morning. That was my conversation with him, and uh, it impressed him that I was willing to do anything just to come pray. And he actually wound up giving me a key to the building, and then he invited us to be a part of the college ministry, and we showed up the next Sunday, next Sunday, and he had a publication uh, welcome, uh, welcoming us to the leadership team. Tracy and I show up, and we're on this thing. We're just like, what in the world? How did this happen? So John Stitt has been a really good friend to us uh, all these years. His son, Kevin, was in high school, Kevin Stitt, who's running for governor and may very well be elected today. A uh, great Christian man, by the way. So we've been friends with their family for a long time. Uh, but prayer is just such an important part of my pursuit of God. And as your pastor, I want to encourage you to make sure you're cultivating a deep sense of, of pursuing God in places of prayer. Uh, we'll do these 8 o'clock classes these six weeks. I'll do some of them. Pat will do some of them. Chris will do some of them. And we'll just come together over the Word. Uh, 9 o'clock Sunday morning is a really powerful time before services begin. We just gather in the auditorium and cry out to God just for a few moments. But boy, there's such passion in that pursuit, in those few moments. It is really something to set the tone for the atmosphere of the morning. Uh, I, I mean, I know this may be hard for you to believe, those of you who've not been in that atmosphere, but it is more rich than the church services that follow. It really is. There is something powerful going on with these hungry souls coming together. Isn't it interesting that God answers our appetite? Um, and it is so important that we cultivate an appetite to seek Him. A child's appetite determines the production of the mother. It's not the mother's ability to produce the milk that determines how much milk is produced for the child. It's the appetite of the child. And so is it the case in the kingdom of God. And we have so reduced the church to a place where we don't even cultivate an appetite anymore because we're coddling a bunch of consumers. And we need to awaken an appetite that will put a demand on the anointing and release something of the kingdom in the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can I get a witness? Amen. Thank you. I like it when we talk together. So that'll be 9 o'clock. Be in both services, of course, available serving, avail you know, right up front. Don't just fringe at the back, but come right up front. Let's press in as a declaration of our hunger as we're just pursuing, exploring Him, and turn the page. Um, I really want to ask you, during, even if, you don't, if you've never done this before because you're just too digital, uh, to go cool or whatever, um, I, I want to encourage you, get an old-fashioned Bible. And uh, anybody have an old-fashioned Bible in the room? Yep. So there they are, like the real leather, page, paper, old-fashioned Bibles. Start in the book of Genesis. This is what I want to talk to you about today and why this is such a deep conviction for me personally. Uh, but start in the book of Genesis every day. I, I actually wrote in my Bible this morning, I'm in Psalms now, 
just progress through Genesis all the way through Revelation. We'll put the date at the top of the page, every day turn the page. And, and this morning I wrote, um, gathering with some hungry people to seek the Lord in what we're calling summer intensive. That's at the top of my Bible. And so thank you for being hungry people uh, that, that I write about you in my Bible. And my grandchildren one day will, will read that and think, wow, they were really going for it there. Uh, and then the, the last thing, this is not something we've really promoted or put on the uh, paperwork, but I, wanna, I want you to understand transformation happens in our lives by the presence of God, 2 Corinthians 3.18. It happens by the Word of God, uh, Romans 12.2. Those are, those are the two things we see in transformation. So it's by the presence of God, by the Word of God, and by the people of God. I promise you the context of your life is vitally important. Uh, just pick on Ryan a little bit. With uh, He stood up and made a declaration right before being baptized. Of He met Chris Goodson while they were in county jail together and uh, came to know Christ. And man, he is on fire. And I just say, welcome to the family, Ryan, the family of God, the family of destiny. We love you and stand with you for great things to come. <clears throat> and I will promise you this. If Ryan were to go back and take us on his journey to the point of origin where the problems began, it involved people that he surrounded himself with that were feeding him the wrong information. Welcome to the people you surround yourself that will feed you the right information. The context of your life is hugely important. When Jesus called Lazarus back from the dead, he called him back from death to life. And uh, Lazarus came back. He was alive, but he was still wrapped in grave clothes. How many of you remember when you gave your life to Jesus and all of a sudden everything was totally different and your life was pristine and you didn't cuss anymore, you didn't chew anymore, you, everything was perfect, right? That's not the way it happens. You come from death to life and then you still have grave clothes on. Those are the temptations of your life that go back to the origin of the things that were embedded in you from an early age. Uh, making wrong decisions is a part of fallen humanity. What did Jesus say? He said to his friends, unwrap him. You need to understand the people around you are vitally important to be used by God to unwrap the grave clothes from your life so you can live a life that's truly free. Come on. We want to be free. We want to walk in all God's called us to. So we are going to focus in these six weeks on exploring what it is to have a true relationship in prayer, a true relationship in the Word, and a true relationship in God's family. So uh, camp was amazing. The youth came back fired up. The kids came back fired up. Um, Sunday was phenomenal. We had crazy day. Morning services were off the chain. Evening was like, are you kidding? Oh, what's that? I'm being attacked by a demon up here or something. <laughs> the Sunday night was just crazy phenomenal. All the baptisms going on and uh, just, you know, such an atmosphere, such a great encounter. And what we want to do is cultivate and perpetuate that as a lifestyle every day. What does this look like in everyday life? That's what we have to figure out. Not just awesome experiences because those come. How many of you have ever been on a cruise before? Cruise ships are amazing. They're great. You go and they'll like peel your grapes. I mean, they'll take care of you. You know, whatever you want. Ice sculptors and uh, crazy stuff going on. And those, those meals are so fantastic. But you do realize your life is not sustained by the uh, sensational meals you've had in your life. They're sustained by the boring peanut butter and jelly and, the, you know, just the basics that you have all the time. Rarely do you have an amazing feast. Most of the time you have boring meals. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Spiritually speaking, you stay the course. Sometimes you're going to feel like you're on a spiritual cruise ship and this is amazing and everyone's being baptized. And sometimes you're going to feel like this is just the, the, what I do because it's, it's who I am and I'm going to stay faithful. You just stay tenacious. You stay faithful. You stay strong. Just keep on moving forward in all God has for your life as you walk it all out and he'll be faithful uh, to meet you there. So I just believe God's wanting to awaken the voice of the Spirit in our lives. And I want to take the remaining 17 minutes that I have to walk you through some scripture, uh, some amazing stories of hearing the voice of God. I loved what Chris said uh, Sunday when he said at camp he got all these prophetic words for the youth. And then they came together, and instead of him being the man giving all the prophetic words, they were giving the prophetic words, and he had written down the things that were confirmation to them. I was invited to speak at a principal's conference, and they, uh, they gave me the names of all the principals and, and school leaders at that conference. And I got up early in the morning and just began writing down what the Holy Spirit was saying to me, prophetic words over those individuals. And, uh, and in my time of ministry with those, these were all Christian schools, in my time of ministry with those leaders, uh, I just began to minister the word. And then I just started going down the list declaring, this is what the Holy Spirit began to speak to me this morning as I prayed over you, Lee Cody. And I just declared that and spoke that. And so many of those things, people came afterward and said, that was what I'd just written down, or this is what the Holy Spirit's been speaking. Come on, God just wants to awaken a conversation that brings confirmation in all of our lives that He's a conversational Father. I love this, this verse, uh, Psalms 29. It's where I want to focus with you today. Verse 9 in the English Standard Version says, The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. Now I want you to think, we talk about the voice of the Lord, but I want you to think about the power of the voice of God. What does that really mean? The voice of the Lord. Do you understand all creation is under the command of the voice of God Almighty. And you and I have the capacity to carry that sound within us and awaken all creation to the purposes of God. Are you familiar with that verse in the Bible that says, All creation eagerly waits in expectation for the sons and daughters to be revealed. It's powerful. There's something uh, profound that God wants us to understand about His voice. The voice of the Lord awakens humanity. The voice of the Lord awakens creation. The, the voice of the Lord awakens everything that exists. And here's why. Because the voice of the Lord is the origin of all creation. It's, it's where it all started. God spoke and it came into existence. There is something within you and something within me that is awakened by the origin of our lives. You think about some old, new songs are great. New songs come out and we all kind of like those. But the older you get, the more you realize something gets embedded deep in your soul by the old song of yesteryear that really meant something to you. I mean, it's amazing how those things get so, you know, just they weave deep down within us. It's almost like they touch something deeper than what the surface knew can touch. You, you, this is an important statement for you to realize in the relationships that we have in the room. You cannot make new old friends. You can't. New friends are awesome. It's exciting to meet new people. But there's something about a relationship that's been in existence for decades that is so deep to the soul. You understand, this is God, the Ancient of Days, 
the origin of all creation, who speaks his voice and reaches so deeply into humanity when he speaks. And this chapter is so powerful. I just want to read this Psalms 29, the verses 3 to 11. That was verse 9 I read. But um, the Lord's voice is heard over the sea. The glorious God thunders. The Lord thunders over the ocean. The Lord's voice is powerful. The Lord's voice is majestic. The Lord's voice breaks the trees. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes the land of Lebanon dance like a calf and Mount Hermon jump like a baby bull. The Lord's voice makes the lightning flash. The Lord's voice shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert. The Lord's voice shakes the oaks, strips the leaves off their trees. In His temple, everyone says, Glory to God. The Lord controls the flood. The Lord will be king forever. The Lord gives strength to His people. The Lord blesses His people with peace. The voice of the Lord, did you catch it at the end? The voice of the Lord awakens us, gives us strength, and carries the blessing of peace. The voice of the Lord awakens us to the purposes of God, awakens us to something deeper. The voice of the Lord gives us strength. There are times that we just need to draw from Him to have His strength in our lives for the battle that we're facing. And the voice of the Lord carries the blessing of peace. I just want to say this very important statement. <clears throat> I saw at the somebody who doesn't, uh, they've been here before, but I think they live out of state. They showed up at our fireworks event Sunday night, and they had on the shirt, Shalom Happens. Uh, back in the day when we did that series, Shalom Happens. I'm actually, that's my next book. I'm working on it right now. Uh, and I'm going to use the graphic stuff that we've already utilized, but it's just so good. The, the essence and the basis of all that is this one statement. Peace, which shalom is expression of peace, we understand some more than that, but peace doesn't come from the absence of problems. Peace comes from the presence of God. You can be in the middle of any storm and still possess peace. In fact, you can go into the heart of the storm and not let the storm get in your heart. And out of your heart come the declaration of peace that will calm the storm. This is what Jesus taught us. Unless the storm gets in you, then the storm will not control you. The water gets in the boat, it sinks the boat. But as long as it stays out of the boat, then higher waters only makes the, flo the boat float higher. And so what we want to do is allow the Holy Spirit to speak. We want to allow Him to have entrance into our hearts and into our lives, declaring the things that we need to hear Him say to cause us to move forward in all that He's called us to move forward in. So Israel, one word from God changes everything. Do you agree? Yeah. One word from God changes everything. People uh, in, in the prayer lines over the last few weeks, some really uh, cool stuff has happened. Uh, one, one person came up and they were just in a desperate situation. And as they came for prayer, uh, a word was given over them that there was an alignment of a relationship that was coming into focus and great financial breakthroughs was about to take place. And that week, an alignment of relationships took place and financial breakthrough happened and the daughter's college was paid for and God really uh, showed off that week. There was another person that came up for prayer and they said, uh, you know, I just felt the Lord said I was going to have a word. Uh, will you pray? And so there's this prayer moment taking place and the word was given. Uh, it's, like when the, it's like when the Lord um, takes you into a new place in your life. It's as if your car has broken down. So you get another car and you get excited to take people in your new car and you're going to be a person that will take people with you. And that person looked up at the prayer team and said, 
My car broke down last week, and I am in another car, and I've been so excited to bring people to church in my new car. And so I just want you to know, God, that, that's, that affects people, doesn't it? How many of you want more of that? I want more of that. I want more of that. I want to know what that's like. And so here, here's the thing. A word from God is so powerful and so profound to our situation. Israel was in bondage in Egypt. And God sent a prophet to rescue them. The reason he sent them a prophet and not a military leader is because they didn't need military action. He, they, he didn't send them a political leader because they didn't need political action. He sent them a prophet because they needed a word from God to change their situation. I don't know what situation you're addressing right now and dealing with in your life, but whatever you think you need, financial action. I need uh, you know, this action, whatever, uh, relational. Uh, you need a word from God. That's what Israel needed. That's what you needed. That's what I needed. That's what we all need. In every circumstance, we need a word from God. Uh, I, I'm just be honest with you. We are in a situation right now as a church. You see all this stuff going on in the parking lot. Uh, I mentioned Sunday, $15,000 in air condition uh, expenses hit us this week. There's several things, and I, I'm going to be having meetings today to try and look at how are we going to make this work. But the Lord spoke to me two weeks ago, and I've shared it with our elders, and I keep sharing it with Heather. And the Holy Spirit said to me, you will have what you need when you need it. You will find it in your hand. So we are moving forward. We are moving forward. With the kids area, we are moving forward. They're painting. The doors are in. We're going to keep moving. I, they asked, are we, going to, are we going to pause here? No. Why are we not going to pause? Because we have so much money we don't know what to do with. That's not the case. But because we have a word from God, we will have what we need when we need it. We will find it in our hand. I don't know how God's going to do this, but come on. You need a word. I need a word. We need a word. And then we declare on that word. We camp on that word. And God is faithful to perform his word. One word from God has the power to awaken something within you that can change everything around you. One word from God has the power. Come on, Lord, I just pray you would awaken your word within us. Let us hear the voice of God, that voice that makes the deer give birth, that voice that awakens all creation as the origin of our existence. I pray, Father, we would hear the voice of God and walk in a great strength that you've called us to in the name of Jesus. Important statement. When our revelation gets bigger than our environment, we will no longer live a life of confinement. But until our revelation gets bigger than our environment, we're hemmed in. If all we're doing is rehearsing our mountains and rehearsing our giants and rehearsing our problems and rehearsing our borders and rehearsing our limitations, then we are not rehearsing the revelation of God. And when our revelation gets bigger than our environment, we no longer live a life of confinement. I heard from God about a situation beyond the borders of where I stand. Therefore, my borders will change. Because if what I'm seeing and what God's saying don't line up, then what I'm seeing has to change because what God's saying will prevail. You have that authority within you. And so that revelation within you has the power of God to transform the world around you. The voice of God awakens you to live beyond those borders. Within you right now is the power to do things you never dreamed possible. And I'm calling to that. Let that be awakened within us. Conversations with God will awaken our destiny and move us beyond our past and move us beyond our pain to discover God's potential that's embedded deep within our lives. Don't court your past and don't court your pain. 
Come on, cultivate an uh, awareness and a relationship with the potential of God that exists within us. Our bodies came from dirt. Now, I want you to think about this, okay? Our bodies came from dirt. I'm talking a lot about the origin, the origin of existence, the voice of the Lord. Our bodies came from dirt. How do you nourish your body? It's the, it's the basis of nutrients that come from dirt that has to get in your system to sustain your life. In other words, if you're going to sustain life, you have to return to the point of origin from which you came to gain those nutrients that will keep you there. Okay, so we understand that physically. Uh, you know, vegetarians love this particular message because, you know, plants grow in the dirt. And so they immediately, you know, Ugh! but the fact is, then you start looking at the meat we eat. They actually are plant eating animals. You don't eat meat eating animals. You eat plant eating animals. Why? Because there's only one generation from the origin of who you are in your existence. And you need those nutrients coming into your life. So physically, we understand that. How did you actually come alive, though? God sculpted you out of dirt in your human form that is going to go back to dirt when you're done, right? But that's just the shell, the nuts, really, what's inside. And so where did the nut come from? Where did the spirit come from that exists within the shell? The breath of God. I want you to hear me now. The breath of God breathed life into the shell of humanity. You're more than a shell. You're not a human being having a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having a human experience. You are beyond the shell that I'm looking at when I look at you or you look at when you look in the mirror. You have a spirit. The spirit will live forever. What's the origin of your spirit? The breath of God. How do you nourish your spirit? The breath of God. What's the breath of God? A place of prayer. Pray in the spirit. Pray with understanding. Get before God. Don't just read the book. Sit with the author. Come on, take the time to let him breathe life into you every single day day that you live so that you're awakened to the greater purposes of God in the way you walk this thing out. I want to say again, within you right now is the power to do things you never dreamed possible, but you must purpose to live an inspired by God life to walk those things out. You have to make that choice. There's, there's something transacting right now as we're in this room. Do you sense it? And there's a certain level of anointing God's given me to preach you into another dimension. And I answer the call of God and declare that in Jesus' mighty name. But there are some places you will never go unless you learn to walk there yourself. Nobody can preach you there. Nobody can pray you there. Nobody can take you there. Only you can cultivate a hunger to go there, grow there, move into that, and let God awaken something within your heart. I'm going to give you some powerful verses that are just powerhouse verses as you spend time in the word over the course of this next week before we come back to this class uh, i want to encourage you to just take some time in these verses job twenty three twelve. i have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food what a powerful statement you know you really should purpose to fast and pray and this is this is a great basis for that I am going to abstain from physical food because I am so hungry for spiritual food. Job 23, 12 is what I just read. I have treasured the words of God's mouth more than my necessary food. John 4, 34. Jesus said, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. Jesus said that's His food, that's His meal, that's His nourishment. And then Matthew 4, 4. Man does not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. True nourishment comes in the fashion of the Spirit because we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. So make sure that we're purposing to take that time before the Lord. Being saved is one thing. Allowing the mind of Christ to dwell in your life, establish your authority, and shape your destiny is an entirely different scenario. So make sure you're making room. Turn the page. Take the time to pray. Don't just let it be routine. But really pause and let Him breathe into you. Let Him breathe into you. The origin of your spirit is the breath of God. Uh, this is why... It's in the book of Job, but it's, I did a, a series on this once, and we joked a lot about it, but it says, my breath is offensive to my wife. And what he's saying is, my spirit remains steadfast and worshipful before my God, even though it looks like all hell has broken loose in my life. And my wife has now said, curse God and die. And because I am not participating in her toxic conclusions about God... My breath is offensive to her. My spirit is offensive to her. But your spirit needs to offend the fallen world and the misguided souls that are around you that you'll awaken something of the Spirit of God in their heart and their life in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's just stand together. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this room to seal the deal. Seal the deal. Lord, we can just allow seeds to be sown in our hearts, but God, you're the one that breathes upon us and causes those seeds to grow. God, make us deep-rooted oak trees of the Lord our God in the way we stand against the storm, in the way we are rooted in the call of God in our lives, in the way we provide shelter to those that are vulnerable and in need around us. Help us to understand what it is to be Christ-like in our disposition in every single way. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, may we devour your word. May we embrace your presence. May we explore the family of God and the body of Christ in the way, Lord, you desire for us to do so. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, and amen. amen. That final component of the body, I didn't explain what I'm asking. We're transformed three ways. The presence of God, the Word of God, and the family of God. And I want to ask you, particularly over these six weeks, again, I'm asking you to do things that should become a lifestyle. I want to ask you over the course of these six weeks, make sure you are purposing to take time with people who are part of your church family. Uh, just take time. Meet them for coffee. Uh, you know, purpose, hey, let's go to church early. Invite somebody to the 9 o'clock thing. Don't just come along. Take someone with you. Purpose to invite them to a deeper place. Bring someone to morning prayer next Tuesday. Whether they're part of the you know, six-week thing or not is irrelevant. Bring them to this class. Let's move to a bigger venue if we've got to move to a bigger place. We packed this place out today. So thankful for your partnership. Looking forward to all six weeks in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody give me a homeschool high five.